So, contrary to what was announced, um, Nick announced that this is going to be, this message was going to be on his expected uh, birthplace. Um, if I have it right, that was actually done last week, um, and this week is on his expected rule. So uh, we're going to be uh, focusing on that, though it's funny that you mentioned that, Nick, because I actually am uh, uh, sort of uh, covering some of the same turf that, um, that we looked at last week, only this time, some of the same scriptures, but now this week we're looking at it more from the king side of things, or from the ruler side of things, and the prophecies having to do with that, um, as opposed to his uh, birthplace. So we are going to look at the principles and the concepts and the, the historical setting that to, to me makes the coming of Christ just such a phenomenal miracle and fulfillment of prophecy and beyond the shadow of a doubt. Yes, it takes faith to believe. That is true. That is throughout Scripture. Sometimes when you study, the, you look at the prophecies and then you look at their fulfillment in Christ, you go, why does it even take faith to believe? It's, it's incredible. But we do know, and Scripture tells us, without faith it is impossible to please God. For those that come to God must believe that He is, that He exists, and that He rewards those who diligently seek Him. But we're going to see some of the, uh, just some of the proof that, uh, and, and the, the teachings of the Word of God that help us to just be wowed with the Lord Jesus coming uh, as our King. So, the hymn that we have used on the next slide, uh, you have this old classic hymn written by Charles Wesley in the 1700s. Um, it's, uh, he was a student of Christ Church in Oxford, um, I've actually have, had the privilege of being there, right in Christchurch, and it's fun to be there and, and think back to some of these giants of the faith that were, uh, were there in the, uh, in the early uh, time of the Reformation and the re, re, uh, just rediscovery of so much of the, uh, the truths of God's Word. But uh, here we have born, the, in verse 2, born thy people to deliver, born a child and yet a king. Born to reign in us forever, now thy gracious kingdom bring. By thine own eternal spirit, rule in all our hearts alone. By thine all-sufficient merit, raise us to thy glorious throne. With all due respect to today's songs and hymns, um, when you go back to some of these oldies, like every line in there is a deep truth. It is tied to a scripture, and it is packed. It's, it's amazing what these old writers put into some of the hymns. So we're going to look at a few of those things uh, today. To understand the lay of the land, on the next slide, I have a chart, and maybe it's too hard to see. But up at the top, you have Herod the Great. And Herod the Great was the, the leader the leader of the Roman Empire um, in the time leading up to the birth of Christ. He actually passed away shortly after the birth of Christ, but he had reigned from 37 BC. 
And so it was um, probably because the calendar's off a few years, it was probably about 33 years before Christ came that Herod was actually uh, on the throne, if you will, and he is known as Herod the Great. Um, to get the setting, he was a uh, fascinating leader if you study him, and there's a lot you can study on him. There's a lot of documented history um, on Herod the Great. Uh, he was brutal. He uh, had no problem uh, having members of his own family executed if he thought they were uh, trying to take the kingdom from him. Um, and yet he also uh, sometimes tried to win the hearts of the people. He sometimes, he even tried, he wanted to be, um, the, he wanted to be actually uh, a Jew and, and sort of tried to participate in that. But he was head of this area of the Roman Empire and he was known as Herod the Great. After him came these, the different ones that were like the next generation or the first generation after him. And uh, one of the ones that we read about in the passage uh, on the birth of Christ around that time was Archelaus. And he reigned a very short time over uh, Judea and Samaria. And he didn't do so well. And so he only reigned for a few years, but he was a brutal king as well. And if you'll remember in the story, it was when, when Joseph came back, bringing Joseph and Mary and Jesus back from Egypt, they were coming back into Israel, but then he heard that Archelaus was now the, the one that was ruling over Judea and Samaria. And so uh, Joseph actually turned aside and went to, back to his original hometown of Nazareth, and that's where they actually uh, raised Jesus, to be away from sort of the hub or the center in, uh, in Jerusalem. Um, so, and then after Archelaus, because he didn't last for so long, was the ones that, were, that we know of. Pilate was the Roman governor, um, of course, that we know so well because of, of Jesus' trial. And then Felix and Festus that Paul encounters are those that are um, Roman governors after uh, that we read about in the book of Acts. So just to get the setting as to sort of what was um, happening here, and uh, we'll see that, that this, this time in history is actually quite well documented. And, of course, uh, Scripture it gives us the historical setting so that we actually know when these, uh, when these events took place. If you go on now to the uh, next slide, I want to give you a kind of a wow look at what Doug taught us to us last week, and it provides the setting for what I want to talk to us about today. So, you and I are pretty used to credit cards, and when we have a credit card and we're going to use it, um, if it's above a certain amount of money, where, the, you know, it, it would, uh, the, the, basically the, uh, credit card company wants to make really sure it's you, then you have to enter your PIN. And the PIN is a four-digit number, and Israel. Yeah. Guess my PIN for my card. You've seen me use it at McDonald's. Guess 
my pin. You got one shot, four-digit number. Guess what it is? Are you going to tell me if I'm right? Yeah, absolutely. I promise I will tell you if you're right. Four, seven, two, five. Wrong. <laughs> I am so sorry to tell you, but you are wrong. What's also really hard about this is you only get one chance. That's it. You can't guess again. That's it. You're done. You're wrong. So, think about that. Because what we have in Matthew chapter 2, and Doug went over it in detail last week, but I just want you to get the wow of this. God provided us with a pin for the Messiah. And... Yes, there are like 300 prophecies and there's all sorts of amazing stuff that was fulfilled in Jesus. But just the pin, okay, is this. He had to be born in Bethlehem. He had to be called out of Egypt. He had to be from Galilee. And he had to be a Nazarene. All of that by the time he was probably less than five years old. When you actually, <laughs> what's funny is with credit cards, they, they know that four-digit number is really all they need, and it's only numeric. So there's only ten options for each. When you think of the different countries, the different towns and villages that there could have been here, it would have been like that pin was alphanumeric and special characters and case sensitive uh, and uh, still Jesus got it right. Jesus came and fulfilled every one of those. So let's be wowed as we recognize that it is absolutely proven by the prophetic word that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. When we look at those verses, in Micah chapter 5, it says, Out of you will come a ruler who will rule my people Israel. Fascinating to recognize that in his coming, in, in, in the Lord Jesus' coming as a ruler, he scared Herod the Great. Can you, like, you stop and think about that? He scared Herod the Great. You think about how fearless Herod was, and here's this baby born in Bethlehem, and Herod is afraid. We'll compare that in a couple of moments. In, in the scripture that refer, in Hosea that refers to uh, Jesus coming out of Egypt. Out of Egypt I have called my son. When you think about the logistics that had to happen, the, and Joseph having to be sensitive to the, to, the, uh, to the angel speaking to him for the Lord Jesus so early in his life to have actually gone down to Egypt. I should explain to you here that prophecies are hidden in plain sight. So when you study the Old Testament scriptures, what you find is Jesus 
creates, a, or God creates events. He makes history happen in order to illustrate or to foretell what is in fact going to happen. And oftentimes, prophecies have a short-term explanation or fulfillment and then a longer term. So, for instance, out of Egypt I have called my son is refers in part to how the nation of Israel was in Egypt and then was brought out of Egypt and brought to the land of Israel, as we know. But there was also a further fulfillment of that that was in the Messiah coming. You need to study the Word of God in order to see these things. They don't jump out at you necessarily right away. And so, sometimes, I remember, I think I shared it with you the last time I spoke here, my, my, uh, one of my son-in-laws um, said to me one time, like, I, like, I've read the Word of God, like, I'm, like, I'm good, I, I, like, I've got it. Um, I was sitting with a man uh, Friday, and he told me the same thing. He said, like, I, 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 I've, I've read it, I've, like, it's, it's there. And it's like, I tried to explain, and of course I was preparing this message as well, so I was probably a little more primed for it. It was like, no, you, have, you can't just say, I've read the Bible. It's in studying it. It's in seeing the types and the illustrations and the, how the, the puzzle fits together that we get wowed by the Word of God. So, uh, another one. Um, the, uh, the, the last one here, um, it says that uh, in, in Matthew, it's, it refers to he will be called a Nazarene. So is fulfilled what was said through the prophets. He will be called a Nazarene. And um, Doug even mentioned, I think, last week, some of the struggles uh, with that. I thought about that. He shall be called a Nazarene. And I thought to myself, where? Where does it say? It says that somewhere in the Old Testament. Because they, if you look in the notes, sometimes it says like, oh, we don't really know where that came from. And I think Doug mentioned that. But I, I sat there and I was thinking, wait, it does say that somewhere. And this is what happens when you study and then you kind of wrestle with the Word of God. And if you dig into it, you find out that's actually back in the book of Judges. And that's a prophetic word given over Samson. That he shall be called a Nazarene. And it goes on to describe what Samson's life would be. And we know, crazy as Samson's life was, that he illustrated Jesus in different ways. And he was one of the prophets. And Samson, I mean, the, the greatest illustration of, of Jesus' life and death to me and Samson is how Samson died. He died by taking the whole pillars of the building he was in and breaking them down. And as he broke them down, it says more people were killed by his death than by his life. And so the Lord Jesus on the cross, he took the everything, all the strongholds of hell, everything that Satan had, Satan's greatest power, which was death. And by death he destroyed him that had the power of death. That is the devil. And he delivered them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So, you get this, another prophecy fulfilled in the Lord Jesus. Okay, so, let's go on and look at the 
Let me go on to the slide that starts. The, there you go. Contrast. Thank you. Jesus, I think I had one before that, didn't I? Is there a contrast of kings before? Nope. Okay. So let's go to that one. And what's the one after that? There you go. Okay. So let's do that one first. Then we'll go back to the other one. I got them in the wrong order. Jesus and Herod the Great. So just think for a minute of these two kings. And let's recognize what was going on here. In, when, in the setting, and we know the story, the Christmas story so well, Herod calls a meeting of the leading priests and the teachers of religious law and asks, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? And what was the answer? They quote a prophecy to him. They, the, 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 his men know the prophecies, and they quote them to him. They say, in Bethlehem of Judea, for that's what the prophet wrote. They didn't say, I think so, maybe it'll be there. We've got this idea that perhaps it could be. They just answer him. They say, it's going to be in Bethlehem. That's where. And they quote the scripture. I love to picture the setting where Herod the Great is having this scripture quoted right to him. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. So then Herod asks for a private meeting with the wise men. He learns from them the time when the star first appeared. He tells them to go to Bethlehem and search for the child. When you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. But of course, we know that wasn't what he had in mind. We know that the wise men are instructed not to, in fact, go back to Herod. And when Herod realizes he's been outwitted, he sends soldiers out to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under. Probably by this time, it was actually not, as we often see, the wise men at the, at the crash, you know, at the actual scene uh, in, the, in, the main, in the stable, it was probably a couple of years later by the time the wise men actually uh, came. But it's what we see here is Herod, this great leader, all-powerful leader, and he is in fact, goes into his brutal style out of fear, and he is fe fearing Jesus. He came with a kingdom of fear and brutality. Jesus was coming with a kingdom of love, a kingdom of peace, a kingdom of grace, a kingdom of forgiveness. And yet, Herod feared that kingdom. We shouldn't be surprised, as those that know and follow Jesus, if sometimes we get a negative reaction in our lives as we try to be those that carry a ministry of peace and grace and forgiveness. It's no different. It creates fear, it creates uncertainty in the minds of those that do not follow Jesus. Let's go to the slide now where we contrast Jesus with Caiaphas. You see, there was another, or before Pilate, there was another contrast that was just 33 years later. And again, an earthly king against the king of kings. Two kingdoms that are up against each other here. The Roman Empire up against Christ's kingdom. And again you see this, this, uh, this, this balance. The, the power all looked like it was in the hands of Pilate at that time. Have you ever thought about the fact that 
If it wasn't for Jesus, none of us would even know about Pilate. You think about some of the other characters. If you go back to that chart I had up before, okay, do you even know the other names up on there? Like, not so much. Why is Pilate so well known in history? Because of Jesus. I find that so amazing. Pilate had no idea. As he was standing there with Jesus before him that day, this beat up, battered man who claimed to be the king of the Jews, that in fact, he would be known in history 2,000 years later because of his decision that day. But here was again, earthly power that looked like it was all powerful against Jesus and his kingdom. Jesus speaks of his kingdom and he says, My kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. And then Jesus goes on to explain that his kingdom is based on truth. And when our world heard the statements of Jesus, they, they cried, not this man, but Barabbas. And so today, as you and I try to share the gospel of the grace of God, of his love, the kingdom of truth, the kingdom of love and joy and peace that Christ brings, we find that often that kingdom is rejected. Our world is very topsy-turvy right now. There are tons of powers at work here. We're going into 2022 without any concept of peace in our world. But you and I bring a message of hope, those of us that are part of the kingdom of our Lord. So you and I can go out and share that message just as Jesus did so long ago. I'll wrap with a prayer that the Apostle Paul prayed. Remember that we are part of the, the kingdom of our Lord. We are part of this kingdom that is based on love and truth. But hear Paul pray for us. And this is what he says. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body it is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. I love that. I, I just, you, you picture Christ before Pilate and you, it looks like the power is all in Christ in, in Pilate's hands. And then we hear this declaration from the Apostle Paul that in fact that same power that raised him from the dead and seated him in that place of honor at God's right hand. Now he's far above all authority, power, leader, anything else. Christ has the highest place in heaven, my brothers and sisters. And that same power that took Christ from the grave and put him to that highest place in heaven is now at work in you and I. All power is given unto us through what Jesus did for us on the cross. I end with an invitation today. If there are some listening online or here in the room today that are not yet part of Christ's kingdom, 
I invite you into his kingdom today. You can come. You can be a part of this kingdom. The way you come is through believing on the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior and as your Lord. The Lord Jesus invites you. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If you are carrying a heavy load and trying to do it without Jesus, I invite you to stop and to come into his kingdom. Come and be a part of this kingdom that is built on love and joy and peace and forgiveness and all that the heart of God has to offer to your heart. And then that same power will be available to you and will be at work in you, making you into his image. You and I, brothers and sisters, God's using his power in us and through us to mold us into the image of his son. And one day soon, the Lord Jesus will come and he will take us, those of us that know and love and follow Jesus, home to heaven. And then shortly after that, he will return in power and glory and every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you have invited us into the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. We marvel at it, we rejoice in it, we think of that baby lying in the manger, and we think of the fear that Herod the Great had for that baby. And Father, we know in some ways it was a legitimate fear because that baby was the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And we know that one day, Herod will stand before Jesus. The tables then will be where Jesus has all the power, where Jesus has all the glory, and Herod stands before him. We know the same will be true for Pilate. But Lord Jesus, we thank you that because of your work on Calvary's cross, that we have the opportunity to bow before you now and to bow before you as Savior, not as judge. And Lord Jesus, we thank you for this. We thank you for each one of us that knows you as Savior and Lord, that knows that our sins are going, knows that we are accepted into your family, into your kingdom. And Lord Jesus, we together, those that know and love and follow you, we worship you together this morning. You are our King. We thank you.